The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's sermon. So I wanted to ask you guys, last week was kind of a special day, being Easter Sunday and all. What do you guys notice that's different up in the front of the church from what we usually have up there? What do you guys notice? There's quite a few things. What do you think? Nothing? It's like it looks every Sunday. Huh? Are there a couple of flowers up there that we don't usually have? They're still up there. Turn your head. Turn my head. Yes, I see them. They're all over the place. And there's, there's butterflies in there, too, that remind us of Easter. But I wanted to see one thing in particular. Do you guys notice a candle that's up there that we don't usually have up there? Which one? Is it easy to see or is it hard to see? Easy to see. Is it this one here? That is a very important candle. We call it the Christ candle, or sometimes we call it the Paschal candle. Paschal is a word for lamb, when we remember the Lamb of God. We'll sing about that later in the service. And during the season of Easter, we do something really special with it. 
first of all, we light it with a big fire on the night before Easter. It's really cool. And then we move it up to the front of the worship space. It's something new we did this year to especially remind us about this new light of Christ that we celebrate at Easter time. So just like the flowers and the butterflies, this candle is going to sit up here lit all season of Easter. Every Sunday we'll light it to remind us of the good news that Jesus is alive. Can you guys fold your hands? We'll say a prayer. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this beautiful day, this beautiful season, and the reason for our gathering, new life in Christ. We ask that you would help us to see and feel that new life in tangible and meaningful ways. Amen. Okay, you guys can head back to your seats. I knew we'd get to the flowers eventually. They are there. (laughs) So here we are. Easter. The sequel, we might say. (laughs) The second Sunday of Easter. And here we gather as we kind of move a little further into our 50 days. Sometimes in the life of the church, we refer to it as a week of weeks that we celebrate as a festival, as we are mindful of what is the biggest story, our story, the story of Christ and Christ's resurrection as we gather today. Now, one of the things, if you've been at Easter enough years in your life, you'll know that the Sunday after Easter, we always... Not sometimes, not when we feel like it. We always talk about Thomas. Thomas is clearly somebody's favorite. (laughs) Somebody who's on the committee. I don't know who they are. But Thomas comes up every year after Easter. And it's a fascinating story in many ways. And I think this year in particular, there are just so many layers to it that I think speak to where we are in this place. And I think it is a powerful story as we move past the account of Easter itself into the hours, days, weeks that have passed since. In the story that we have, it is the first day of the week. It is Sunday. It is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. It is later in that day The disciples are all holed up. And I think an important piece that we need to remember that we often forget is that they were scared silly. This was a hard time. Their rabbi, their teacher that they had followed, he was the one who had just lost his life at the hands of the state for treason. At least that's what it was on paper. They all had accents from that part of the country that would have given them away in town. You can picture them kind of holed up with the windows shut and the doors locked and trying to figure out who's going to draw the short straw to go out and get food or other essentials that they might have. We've lost that sense of fear when we're consumed with, you know, we found 47 eggs, but 50 were hidden. Where are those three 
we have that sense of bigger fears and concerns that the disciples must have been consumed with. And here Jesus shows up, not concerned with little details like doors, windows, walls, things like that. Jesus appears in their midst. There's this amazing nature to how things are now. It's as if, having come back from the dead, nothing stands in his way from his mission. Nothing. Not death, not physical impediments, nothing. And he shows up in their midst. And you notice the language that's used. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. (laughs) Do you notice that? The angel comes, Jesus, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. There's a sense that there are things that are happening that are not in their frame of reference. The whole apple cart has just been upset and they are a little skittish. But don't be afraid. Now, in this text, we hear that Thomas is not there. And the disciples all believe in Jesus. They see him. They touch him. They get what we want, right? Proof. Proof, right? We want to be able to prove it, particularly in this day and age. We have all kinds of things that we like to demonstrate and prove. Well, that's all well and good, but show me. Show me. That's what we want. We can touch the pew that we're sitting on. We can feel it with our hands and we can say, it's made of wood. I can see that. I feel it. I know it. I know it. And there are lots of things that we know. And every day there are more and more things that we know. And somehow along the line, we've lost the things that we believe as being of secondary value somehow. But I think it's important for us to remember as Thomas shows up, I don't think it's fair to call him doubting Thomas when he just wants what everybody else had, what we want, a reasonable Thomas, perhaps, who's asking for proof. But how many things in our lives that are important to us lend themselves to those kinds of proofs? For those of us who have married, have other significant relationships in our lives, those aren't things that lend themselves to spreadsheets or rulers or clocks. Those are things that are things of our heart, and yet things that we shape our entire lives around. That somebody on the outside with a clipboard and a ruler might have a hard time justifying. Well, prove that. It doesn't make sense. Prove it. And somehow, though, we say, well, that's one thing, but faith is just strange. Faith is just strange. Like love, like hope, like joy, and other things that are hard. Grief, pain, things that are the core of who we are as human beings, all things that cannot be measured in that conventional sense, all central to what it means to be a human being. That's where Thomas is. 
His whole world's been turned upside down. He shows up and we hear these powerful words in this reading. Jesus breathes on them. This strange thing. We're trying to picture or imagine what the writer is trying to articulate, that they receive the Holy Spirit, but it reminds us powerfully of the Spirit of God. In our minds should be flashing those verses from Genesis where we hear about God taking the clay and forming a human being and breathing into them life. That is that breath that is being shared. A breath that demonstrates new life, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with the eggs. It doesn't stop when we've run out of ham for sandwiches. It doesn't stop at any of those points. The gospel doesn't end there. They are sent. Just as I was sent, so I send you. So I send you you. The work is not done. The healing of creation is still rolling out. There are those whose lives are only about things like pain and hurt and grief, who are in desperate need of hearing that new creation word of new life. And we see it all around us. Thomas wanted to touch Christ, but we see it every step we take. The flowers that are bursting with new life. That lawn that insists on being mowed every week because it won't stop. That is that life of creation that is bursting all around us. That is the new life that Christ calls us to share. Does that mean the road is smooth and simple? I don't think that's what the text says. Our human experience says, yes, faith, yes, love. But we know grief and hurt as well. But the thing we know is that where all of the human stories end with death, God's story and therefore our story in many ways, just begins at that point. So I would encourage you to remember, we are just getting warmed up in this season of Easter. And this season of Easter, while it lasts 50 days, it is in essence who we are. The Easter people, the people who speak life to a world in desperate need of it. Amen.